is Bloomberg Surveillance. The reorientation of the Chinese economy is one thing that's maybe helping demand growth globally. Most of what constitutes M&A advisors' work, the bread and butter, is actually selling companies. It's not buying companies. No matter what the Fed puts into action, it doesn't always accomplish its goals. So its actions should be looked at with something of a grain of salt. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning. It is 7 a.m. on Wall Street. It's 4 a.m. in California, where just in the last hour, the state's been called for Hillary Clinton. She beats Bernie Sanders for the biggest prize of all. There's 453 delegates out there. We'll see how they are apportioned. But basically, she is the Democratic nominee. And the presidential battle is now formally joined. Fear and cash, meanwhile, flowing through markets this morning. The ECB begins corporate bond buying. German yields fall to new lows. And the term premium for U.S. Treasuries is now at its lowest since 1962. There's an auction today, $20 billion on offer. Let's start with bond yields as long as we're talking about it. In Germany, Tom's been all over this. The two-year yield, a new low of negative 54 basis points, the 10-year is at 6 basis points this morning. Commerce Bank says it is possible that before too long we could get to zero on the German 10-year. The dollar, though, is falling. You would think if it were a risk-off morning, people might be piling into the dollar or the pound. The, the DXY, I mean, or the, the yen, the DXY 93,678 down two-tenths of a percent. The yen 10708 is now uh, down by uh, three-tenths. It was at 10672, but going the other way. The euro... Uh, 11373, the one that is strengthening today. Uh, and it sounds, uh, again, when you look at equities, like it's not a risk-off day either. It depends on where you are. The stock 600 is off by a point, four-tenths. But here in the U.S., S&P futures up three, uh, two-tenths. It's a one-tenth gain for Dow futures. They're up 26. And NASDAQ 100 e-mini futures are up four points, a tenth of a percent. And we should mention oil. West Texas has crossed the $50 barrier now, 5105, up 1.4%, joining Brent, which is all the way up at 5220 this morning, a 1.5% rise. We'll talk about that later today with uh, Robert Campbell of Energy Aspects. And, of course, Dennis Gartman will be joining us, and you'll want to hear what he has to say about Did commodities you, going forward. You said the term premium is back to 1962? That is correct. October 16th, term. 1962. I vaguely remember this. New York Yankees won. San Francisco Giants, zero. It was one of the best World Series ever, 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 ever. Yes. It was long. There was rain. Um, I'm looking here at the box score. Ralph Terry beat Jack Sanford. Yeah, and that was uh, basically sort of the... The, yeah. the end of the Yankee dynasty there uh, was in sight. They, they uh, did not uh, win again for quite a while. Tony Kubik was the hero. He grounded into a double play. That's how tight it was. We could spend Very hours cool. talking about all that old we stuff. Uh, but they don't pay us to do that. They pay us to talk to Ira Jersey, who came in here. He's portfolio manager now, Oppenheimer Funds. Uh, he came in here. We thought we were just going to talk about, you know, a risk-off day or a risk-on day or what the Fed is doing or something. And now you get this crazy mixed-up, uh, some things are up, some things are down, and there doesn't seem to be a necessarily a rhyme or reason. I can I can understand what's going on. In the bond market, um, with, you know, money's gotta go somewhere. But then why isn't the dollar doing the same thing as bonds are doing? 
Yeah, so the, the dollar has been sometimes uh, turned around this year where, you know, you'd expect play, in places like Japan where the Bank of Japan took yields negative, you'd expect the yen to actually sell off versus the dollar instead of rallies in, at some uh, some points. I think a lot of these uh, a lot of these things have to do with positioning. It's just, you know, what position are investors in or positions, you know, what are the risk positions? Um, and if the risk positions are really skewed one way, then you wind up getting the opposite reaction all the time. I mean, it's it's going to be, you know, take an example, for example, one of the things that's happening right now in, in currency markets is going on with the pound, and that's that a lot of people are buying disaster protection. So they're buying options for if the um, uh, if the U.K. leaves the euro, uh, the European Union, that they think that the um, that the pound is going to go down a lot. So they're buying uh, basically out of the money puts. They're buying at the money puts on the on the pound sterling. So if you were to get a no vote, the move would probably be more muted than you might think. And that would surprise a lot of people, I think. And it's because, you know, the markets are trying to anticipate a lot of these things. And I think that's that's happening in, um, you know, in, in the dollar quite a lot now is, is just all this positioning and um, for different disaster scenarios. What's the biggest disaster that people are, are worried about now? What's the blackest swan out there? Well, the, the the most immediate one continues to be Brexit, right? That's the uh, I, I think that's kind of the the known unknown is um, you know if if there is if there is Brexit, what does it mean? How bad is it? And it's not even from my perspective, it's not even the UK leaving the European Union that that in and of itself is is that big of a deal operationally. It's not like uh, they're not a euros uh, they're not in the euro, so they don't have to worry about all of the all the payment systems needing to change over and and all of that. But what it does do is it says, okay, well, if the UK can leave, why can't others leave? It also potentially brings back the Scottish breakup because Scotland wants to, seems to want to stay in, in the European Union. So do they come back and wind up voting to leave the, the, the United yeah. Kingdom? There's winds up being a lot of repercussions the, that uh, politically uh, that come from that. And that type of um, and that ends up being um, very volatile for markets. When, well, when that I, I, I'm going to be rude and, and push Tom aside for one last quick follow-up on that Brexit thing. Is that uh, the volatility is understandable, but is it a lasting volatility, or do we have a couple days of oh, this is crazy, and then everybody realizes whatever happened is going to yeah, happen? Yeah, I, I would suspect it to be uh, you know basically a couple of days. Although we probably reprice some UK assets in particular lower. There's going to be a lot of questions of things like you, you know UK-based banks, like what happens to London as a financial center. Um, we don't think it's that as big of a deal as some people are making out, and but um, nonetheless, there's there's still that risk. All right, Tom, Mike, you, you can, can have the next on, couple of you hours. You can be rude. You can be rude because I'm reading just. Jesse Marshall on the Penns blog about Phil Kessel as we go to Game 7 with the Penguins. It's not Game 7. Tomorrow. It not Game 7, but they game. may win. Excuse it me. may be the last game. Yes, it's Game 4 or 5. Or right. Well, I've been rude enough. You may it have, you may have the, about the, the, the distinguished gentleman who's rooting for the Penguins may have the floor. Bloomberg Surveillance Flows, good morning. It's brought to you by Invesco. Don't settle for average in your portfolio to Invesco. The right approach means investing with high conviction. Find out more at Invesco.com slash high conviction. I don't buy it for a minute, folks. I'm looking at the yields on the screen. I haven't seen it. And Ira Jersey, they're not in my textbook. You mentioned earlier on television the idea of the mystery of credit demand. You've got to convince me that central bank action and what I see in the Bloomberg terminal is going to somehow goose credit demand. Oh, I, I don't. I think that's the intent. I don't actually 
uh, Any I don't evidence? think it's going to work. Um, very modest evidence. Uh, there's certainly evidence that um, that you've stabilized um, you've stabilized inflation and growth in places like Europe. You know, one of the things about Europe, Tom, that we keep on forgetting is, is that growth there has actually, and and you know, Mike will confirm this, that growth there has actually um, done better than expectations. Still not no. good. It's not not good by any stretch of the imagination, but it's certainly done better than um, it's done better than ex- expectations. And and big part of that is this expectation that the ECB will continue with its easy money policy for some time. So you know they keep on filling up the punch bowl here. And, and well, I know, thought it was I very interesting, Tom John Wraith, on, on your program, yeah. this, uh, the TV this morning from UBS said they are raising their growth forecasts for Europe. Yesterday the World Bank cut theirs, but okay. the people in the markets raising them. I'll go with that. But all of our listeners worldwide, whatever their sophistication in math and economics, get the idea that, no, the punch bowl's not full. It's overflowing, something (laughs) William McChesney Martin never understood. The the cost of negative rates, who is it borne by at this moment? It's not borne by depositors. But isn't in confidence it borne by business? It's well, yeah, and it's borne by the financial sector um, quite a lot. But in a in a way, negative rates are really a tax on um, on the business sector. So on who? On the business sector. On the business sector, but then therefore therefore the consumers, right? Because presumably they'll some of those costs will be passed along. So it's things like fees on deposits. So you say it's not depositors, but I challenge that if you wind up making a large deposit in a financial institution. That um, that that has to pay negative rates uh, on on their reserves to central banks. That means that they are going to charge fees. It might not be in in an actual interest rate. The interest rate on that account might be zero, but they'll charge you you know ten dollars to have that back? account open. If you got a lot of money in a bank, you can at some point. But but quite frankly, they've tried that here in the U.S. too, particularly for large corporate deposits. So there were have been some custodial banks that have attempted to have yeah. negative interest rates and or um, and or so fees on large deposits. If very quickly, my nominal yield in Switzerland is negative yeah. yep. for twenty years. I presume disinflation or deflation, which gives me a positive real return. For 20 years? If, I mean, that's what the market's telling you is that interest rates, it's not necessarily that, that you think inflation is going to be negative. It's more that you're going to have, it's the thinking that is that the central bank is going to keep. Okay, well, negative. we'll come back. Ira Jersey with us. In these most unusual times, U.S. futures up three. This hour of surveillance brought to you by Westchester Subaru. Visit westchestersubaru.com. Here's John Tucker with news headlines. And Michael and Tom Hillary Clinton being buoyed by a victory in California. The win confirmed just this morning after an aggressive campaign by Bernie Sanders in hopes of a signature win there. She also won Tuesday's primaries in New Jersey, New Mexico, and South Dakota. In a defiant speech to supporters in California, Sanders says... He'll continue to fight through next Tuesday's primary in Washington, D.C., and on through July's Democratic Convention in Philadelphia. An Afghan official this morning says a dozen recent abductees are dead now at the hands of their Taliban captors. The 12 were captured in recent ambushes. Most of them were police officers. And the Mona Lisa is high and dry, waiting for visitors, along with other famed works. She in the Louvre in Paris, which reopened today following the city's worst flooding in decades. 
Global News 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists in more than 150 news bureaus around the world. I'm John Tucker. So Venus DeMilo doing the backstroke down the sink. <laughs> oh, don't even joke about that. Have you been to the Louvre? Of course you have, right? I've been to the Louvre. Yeah, absolutely spectacular. From New York, Bloomberg Surveillance. Stay with us. Bloomberg Surveillance is brought to you by Land Rover Parsippany. If it's in your nature to cast off the everyday and seek adventure, the Discovery Sport was built to help your search. Visit LandRoverParsippany.com or 1-800-54-WD. Land Rover, above and beyond. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app. And on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update's brought to you by American Arbitration Association. Business disputes are inevitable. Resolve faster with the American Arbitration Association, the global leader in alternative dispute resolution for over 85 years. Learn more at ADR.org. Bonds rising with commodities and emerging markets on speculation. Central banks will persist with policies that support financial markets. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Futures are higher. S&P E-mini futures up three points. Dow E-mini futures up 29. NASDAQ E-mini futures up five. The DAX in Germany's down half percent. Ten-year treasury up one thirty-second. The yield 1.71 percent. Yield on the two-year 0.78 percent. NYMEX crude oil up one and a quarter percent or 63 cents to $50.99 a barrel. COMEX gold up eight tenths percent or $9.60 to $12.56.60 an ounce. The euro $1.1378. The N107.09. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, thanks so much. Ira Jersey with us before we get to a conversation with Prime Minister uh, Blair. Brexit, does it get in the way? Is it a sideshow for guys like you? No, it's very it's very important. Um, you know, when, when you run a, a global debt portfolio as we do, uh, one of the uh, one of the countries obviously winds up being the UK. And I, I think the um, you know, what happens if the UK leaves the euro and how that might affect places like Catalonia and some of these other independence movements uh, winds up mattering and uh, and changes some of the political dynamics within um, yeah. w- w- within Europe. We forget that Tony Blair was prime minister for 10 years. I had forgotten that 1997 to 2007. He has been a quieter voice. Of course, John Major uh, speaking uh, earlier preceding uh, Mr. Blair as prime minister. Our John Micklethwaite, for years at The Economist, editor-in-chief of Bloomberg, uh, had a recent conversation with Mr. Blair. Here's their conversation. If Britain leaves, the day after you are going to get the beginnings of what will be a serious economic shock for the country. You you literally cannot dispute that because you will put then on the table your entire relationship with the European Union that's grown over four decades of interlocking trade agreements, um, service agreements. All of that has then got to be renegotiated or scrapped. And given that half our trade is with the European Union... How can you not think you're at least going to suffer several years of economic uncertainty? Tony Blair, in conversation with John Micklethwaite, will have much more of that interview uh, through the day across Bloomberg Radio. Michael, no question about it. Mr. Blair, I think no surprise, uh, in the same camp as Jamie Dimon, which is Remain. Well, Ira, Jersey, you suggested that we would see volatility in the markets 
for the reasons that the former prime minister is talking about. But you were fairly sanguine about uh, how long that volatility would last, whereas he seems to think the disruptions to the economy go on and on. Well, so I think the markets reprice immediately because that's what markets do, because they're going to anticipate all of the problems that the former prime minister mentioned. Well, there's a, there, so. th- let me stop you right there, because th- this gets to the sort of the timing of it. If they vote to leave, there's a two-year period to negotiate everything in, in their relationship. So what Blair is talking about could go on and on and on. There could be lots of news headlines about various aspects of this over two years. Are you saying the markets immediately go to the n- most negative viewpoint and, and and try to price all of that two years in? Well, that's probably uh, the initial reaction. But then you wind up at some steady state that says, well, maybe some of this isn't so bad. <clears throat> maybe the U.K. could look like Switzerland. It could join the European free trade area. But there will be negotiations that have to go around that. I mean, we, we have to remember. So the European Union is this, you know, large, um, you know, the, one of the largest free trade areas in, in the world. And one of the... Um, but but there's other free trade agreements that the European Union has with other countries. So Iceland and Switzerland, for example, are in the European free trade area. Now, the UK would be the largest of those not your non-European Union members that are in the European free trade area, but that's a possibility. Now, would Europe want it? Would France and Germany be willing to negotiate with the UK? Those are all the uncertainties that create that kind of volatility. But <clears throat> but it's possible, and in an outcome like that, um, it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world for the U.K. economy. Okay. So they vote to leave, and, and Ashoka Modi from Princeton, who was with us yesterday, who said the same thing Olivier Blanchard said, which is, would everybody calm down? Um, the, 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 these are not economically abrupt decisions. It's about culture and politics. Mike McKee, if one was to have a baby bell cheese... Not or that you would be having. You guys are making me hungry, many, by the way. I haven't had breakfast yet. Yeah, I keep on eating cheese. <laughs> From the Euro region of France, you're telling me, Ira, that the United Kingdom would have to renegotiate their agreement with mini baby bell cheeses of France. <laughs> it, it, so, yeah. Department that, of well, that's exactly strained right. analogies. If they well, have four or five of them. Well, look, you know, and, and, and the thing is, even though there's two years to renegotiate trade agreements, we know how long trade agreements take to um, take to be implemented. I mean, how do about, you respond to Olivier Blanchard saying, would everybody calm down? Uh, Tony Blair is not calming down. I I, I think that it's it's – I think that – that there's more here to worry about than there is to be optimistic about, right? So in, in a guess vote for Brexit. So if, if the UK leaves, the uncertainty is very high. Markets don't like uncertainty. Markets like certainty. So because of that, um, I, I think that yes, it's not as, it's not as dire probably as some people are projecting to try and get the politics done, but it still creates a lot of uncertainty that needs to be dealt with and, and markets, um, markets will, will be volatile because of that. Unfortunately, we only have a minute left, but I gotta ask you about, um, the U.S. presidential election. Dennis Lockhart of the Atlanta Fed says business isn't talking about it much yet. Uh, I don't know. People in my business are talking about it quite a lot. <laughs> um, you know, it ends up being uh, – I think one of the questions is is that if we have, you know, two presumptive candidates now, if – you know, what are the potential policies that each of them will um, – uh, will, will 
go out and, and espouse and how will their relationship be with Congress. Um, you know, in a, in a former life, I actually studied political science. So, um, so, so I still keep my ear to the ground a bit. And I, I suspect that Congress will broadly remain Republican. Certainly the House of Representatives will. So if Hillary Clinton gets in, you're probably likely to have more of the same types of policies, um, that you've had under, under the Obama administration. Um, we still don't know exactly what Trump wants to do specifically. So we have no idea what his relationship will be with Congress. I suspect it'll be more contentious than, um, other potential Republican candidates, the more mainstream yeah. people. So, uh, well, yeah. we'll come back. Ira Jersey with us. Thank you. Ira Jersey with Oppenheimer Funds. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Stay with us. Bloomberg Surveillance is brought to you by Land Rover. Adventures yours for the taking. Visit LandRoverTriState.com for special lease and financing offers. Land Rover, above and beyond. 